Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Okay, so I am beyond excited for you guys to hear this episode because it's a much bigger episode for me to share with you than you might realize. So if you've been following along with me, you might have noticed that my paradigm has shifted a lot when it comes to health and nutrition and all of these things. I've just gotten so much more into energy healing and mindset work and realizing that, you know, so much of the nutrition and health stuff, while I love geeking out over it and it's interesting, in order to produce real healing results, it's so much deeper than that. And that's why I'm so into Reiki and um, looking into the way our brains work. And I kind of started getting into this when I was talking more with Dr. Andrew Hill and learning about neurofeedback. And then I started learning about brain rewiring. And I came across this incredible woman named Rachel Barber. And at the time, she wasn't really full out working with chronic illness clients. She wasn't kind of focused on the brain rewiring only. And we got to talking. I got to know her better. I was following more of her content and getting to know more of her story. And we have had very, very similar health histories. And we just hit it off right off the bat. We had a lot in common. She's really into energy work as well. And I can tell it's just a a strong healer in general. But since then, she has shifted her business and now is focusing only on brain rewiring with her clients and she heals people from chronic illness that's her thing and I mean when I started getting to to know her more and talking with her I told her I said you are a very important person doing very incredible things and I'm just waiting for the world to figure out what she's doing so I'm really excited for you guys to learn more about brain rewiring brain retraining and basically healing yourself through retraining your brain. It's kind of a new concept for a lot of people and maybe a controversial one, but this has completely transformed my life and I'm so passionate about this and want everybody to learn about it. I I don't really know what else to say, but I'm really excited for you guys to hear more from Rachel. She's the creator of the program Total Healing, which helps people heal from a variety of different health issues and she's just all about the mindset work and it's really incredible what she's doing. I think so many people don't realize that the way their brain is wired, their limiting beliefs, what they're telling themselves might be the reason why they have health issues. And this is just paradigm shifting. I I mean, I, 
have talked about before kind of why I started getting into energy work and looking at the way the brain works because I kept seeing with clients you get this block like there's so much you can do with nutrition and lifestyle factors but there reaches a point where that can only do so much especially with people who have chronic conditions and you know I've chatted about this before really when we when we see people who have chronic health issues what's happened is that they've gotten trapped in the sympathetic state they've gotten trapped in this fight or flight state and maybe that occurred a long time ago when they were a child something triggered it or even recently but a lot of times this is why people are stuck they get health they have health issues over and over again they can't get out of it because they are trapped in that sympathetic state and brain retraining is basically retraining the body so that you can flip off the sympathetic state and get back into the parasympathetic state and the body can heal itself because our body has an incredible ability to heal itself. So I know this might sound a little bit abstract right now, but you'll understand more when when Rachel explains exactly what the brain rewiring is and how it works and keep an open mind. I really recommend you guys watch the documentary she mentions, Heal. It's a great film and just open your mind to this. This has completely transformed my life and I've seen it change so many other people's lives as well. So I'm just really excited for you guys to learn more about this and for you to get to know Rachel better because she is one of my favorite people in the universe. And I encourage you just to go to her Instagram and read all of her captions and it might shift your perspective on what what's holding you back in terms of your health goals. I think that this information is applicable for literally everyone. I mean, it, it even if you don't have a health issue, retraining your brain can change your life in terms of money, relationships, career, kind of any aspect of your life. So it's pretty powerful stuff and I'm so pumped for you guys to hear about it. Very excited. It's going to be awesome. So you can find more from Rachel at... The Rachel Barber on Instagram. Check out all of her content. You'll learn more from her in this episode. Very crazy similar health histories we have. And I love seeing how many lives she's completely transforming with her healing work. There's no one else out there that I know of who is doing this. Like, she's going to blow up. I know it. And you guys heard it here first. So can't wait for you to hear this episode and without further ado here is the one and only Rachel Barber super excited to be chatting with you because I mean we've talked about this before but it's creepy how similar our stories are Um, yes yeah so I want you why don't let's just start off by you can introduce yourself and tell people like what you do and then we're gonna get into your story but who who are you Rachel So my name is Rachel Barber and I'm an online health coach. So I basically help women heal from chronic illness and take back their lives. And you run, how many programs are you doing right now? Um, So I do one-on-one coaching and then I also do group coaching as well. And um, I was doing like the fat adapted babe, but that is actually the last round is happening right now. So it's just mostly one-on-one and then group coaching for healing. Okay. Actually, I've never asked you, what were you doing before you were a health coach? (laughs) Um, I actually had my own cleaning business. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I ran my own cleaning business for about three years. So like you just went to people's houses and cleaned? 
Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. I just like went to random people's houses every day and cleaned all day long. And I would listen to podcasts like nonstop. That was like how I got through it. Cause I hated doing it. Mm-hmm. So I would just like listen to podcasts all day long while I cleaned toilets. <laughs> Did you have like a favorite, like favorite podcast you listen to? Oh my God. I had so many. I had, I listened to so many. I listened to like balance bites and like the paleo view. And then, um, I started listening to, um, the lively show with just lively and I listened and then I would just listen to like random crazy, like different spiritual ones. And like, I listened, but yeah, I pretty much listened to like all podcasts. I did not know that. That's really random. Why did you start cleaning? Um, cause I, well, I had been, I was like a manager for subway restaurants for a while Mm -hmm. and I just like felt like I didn't want to do it anymore. I realized like I want to work for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what can I do? That's like, what's a business I can start. That's like easy to start where I can just like make my own money and make my own rules. And I was like, well, cleaning is something easy to start. So I just started it. And then obviously I didn't really enjoy it. Um, and the whole time I was like listening to health podcasts, like dreaming about being a health coach. That is amazing. That is like a great inspiration story. Started from yeah. the bottom. I never would have ever like thought that. <laughs> so, I mean, no matter, talk about a career shift, right? I know. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense because you've always had that entrepreneurial. You're very much like, you do not give a fuck what anyone else thinks and you're going to make your own rules. So, it makes yes. sense. Um, Absolutely. So, okay. But then, how, so, you wanted to be a health coach, but was that while you started dealing with health issues or kind of when did your health issues start? Yeah. So my health issues started when I was like 20. I'm, I'm 27 now. So they started when I was like about 20 years old. And that was before, um, that was before I had even started my cleaning business. So I had been dealing with health issues for a long time. And that's really like, Um, it's funny, my health issues didn't even really start until I started focusing on my health as strange as that is. Like I discovered like paleo when I was like 19 and I started like getting into that. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I was 20, I started having like all these health issues. Um, and then they just got worse and worse. And I was like getting more and more obsessed with health. And that was actually kind of plays into why my health issues were getting worse. Cause I was like focusing so much on them and trying to make them better all the time. But yeah, that's so that I got sick when I was like 20. Um, but I didn't want to become a health coach because of that. I just wanted to become a health coach cause I was like obsessed with it. So tell people a bit about your symptoms and what you were dealing with. Yeah. Okay. So like basically when I was 20 years old, the first thing that ever started happening to me was I remember I was eating breakfast one day and then all of a sudden after eating breakfast, my knees got really inflamed and they started hurting really bad. And I was like, what the heck? So I started like researching online, of course. And I'm like, what could make my knees hurt? And I was looking up like on the paleo websites and they were like, oh, like certain foods can be inflammatory. And so I started cutting out certain foods. Like, so I cut out tomatoes and the pain went away and I was like, great, I'm good. And then a couple of weeks later, it happened again. I started feeling pain in my knees again. And I was like, what the heck? So I cut something else out and the pain went away. And this literally was like a pattern and it just kept happening and happening. And then the pain actually started spreading. So like, 
instead of just my knees hurting, it ended up being that whenever I would eat, my whole body would go into like excruciating pain, like all of my muscles. And I thought I just had like a leaky gut and like really bad food sensitivities and all of the things that you read about online. And so that's what I assumed what was going on. But then it got to the point where I was reacting to like every food other than like a handful of foods. I was eating about like five to seven foods. Wow. Okay. So then what did you do? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I was living off of like five to seven foods. I was felt like I was dying. Like I was, it was horrible. But then on top of that, all kinds of other symptoms started happening. So I was getting like extreme insomnia. I was having like extreme panic attacks, um, all kinds of digestive problems. I had really bad acne. I also started dealing with, um, really strange symptoms. So like I could, I was having sensitivity to light. I had to like stop watching TV. I couldn't go on my phone anymore. Um, it was crazy. I just like so many different random symptoms. Like my heart rate would, wasn't like regular. So it would like speed up really fast and then it would skip a lot. And so many different symptoms just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I did not know what to do. I'd been going, and this was this was happening over like a span of years, and it just kept getting worse. And I was going to doctor after doctor, and they had no clue what was wrong with me. And I went to regular doctors and naturopaths, and I did acupuncture, and I did like all, anything I could think of, and nothing was working um, until I discovered like that you could heal through the brain, re like rewiring the brain. And it wasn't until I discovered that like six years later that I was able to start actually healing. But I went through like six years of hell trying to figure that out. Were during those six years, were you getting like diagnoses and trying to fix them those ways? Or was it just all like everyone said they didn't know what was going on? So I did get some diagnoses. So I was like, I got diagnosed with um, fibromyalgia. And then I was I, like, I had like all the signs of type two diabetes, but they wouldn't tell me I had it because I'm thin. Yeah, which is just happened to me bullshit. too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so, I was so pissed off. Um, but then I got diagnosed with also hypoglycemia um, and mitochondrial dysfunction, which is like, the mitochondria are like the energy, like that's what creates energy in your body. Um, and they were not functioning. So my whole body was starting to shut down. Um, I was actually postmenopausal in my twenties. I had like no hormone function and, um, oh, and I also was diagnosed with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Mm -hmm. And so like a whole, just a whole bunch of things. So when you got those, like, with the SIBO, for instance, did you go on herbals and try and fix it the regular way? So I did go on some like herbals and like different antimicrobials and all of that. Um, and I did that at well, like while I was doing the brain rewiring, mm -hmm. I did them together. Um, I, my honest opinion is I don't think that the antimicrobials did a ton. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my healing actually came from the brain rewiring. And I actually see that with my clients. Now I have a client now who has SIBO. She's mm -hmm. not on anything for it. And it's healing just through the brain rewiring. 
Yeah, so we're definitely going to get into that because I'm super yeah. excited for people to start to understand more about this. Um, and let's start with how you found out about it. The brain rewiring? Yeah. So I actually, so what, <laughs> I was like at my wit's end trying to get answers and I just got like a feeling there was this doctor out in California and I just got this feeling like if anyone's was going to help me, it was her. And so I had no money. I took out a $6,000 loan on the internet. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was desperate. <laughs> I literally had no clue how I was going to even make the payments, but I did it. So I was like, I literally have no choice at this point. So I took that money. I went and saw this doctor cause she didn't accept insurance. I had no way to get out to California. I was living in Maine. So I was living completely on the other end of the country at the time. So I flew out there and saw her and she actually was like, your labs are the worst I've ever seen. I not sure how I can help you. And she's like, the only thing like I can think of is that maybe you can try like rewiring your brain. And so she told me a little bit about it and like that it was like this thing and you could rewire your brain. And so I, I went home after meeting with her like devastated and I didn't do anything for like three months. Cause I was like, this sounds stupid. Like it's not in my brain. Like these symptoms are real. And I was like pissed. And so I didn't do anything for like three months and I just kept getting worse and worse. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm just giving up. And that's when I decided to actually try it. And then obviously that was my answer, but I thought I found all of it out just from, I basically spent $6,000 to like learn about brain retraining. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you tried like a specific program, right? Yes. And then, and then what from there? So you did that program and then was yeah, it fixed or what? So I did the program and it, um, I was starting to heal. So I, like I worked on it for like six months and I was starting to heal, but then I felt like there were, I needed more. And then I also felt like there were parts of the program that like didn't like jive with me. I didn't feel like they were quite accurate. And so I kind of like, I, I just broke the rules basically. and just like made it my own. And then I, I started adding in all kinds of extra stuff that I learned along the way, just from like different, um, like books that I read and like things that I was just intuitively led to that I also incorporated in um, to my healing, which really like, I think is what helped me heal so fast. Cause I went from like very, very sick to feeling like 70% better in like three months and then like a hundred percent within six months. Wow. Okay. So we need to dive into the brain rewiring thing. Basically explain to people what that means. Like, what does that mean? Rewiring your brain? Yeah. So basically like the brain is constantly sending signals to the body. So it's telling you like when to feel hunger, when to breathe, when to have your heartbeat, when to go to the bathroom. It's also sending signals of like pain and symptoms and illness. And what I did was, and because of that, like my brain basically got stuck in like a state of like fight or flight survival mode. And this wasn't just me. This is like anyone that's chronically ill. Your brain gets stuck sending these patterns and like these signals to your body to feel all of these symptoms when it really doesn't need to. And so when you're rewiring your brain, what you're doing is you're actually um, 
like creating new neural pathways in your brain so that instead of sending signals of like disease and illness and symptoms to your body, you can teach your brain how to send signals of like health and vitality and healing to your body instead. Okay. So, but how do people do that? I think that's what I want to understand. Yeah. So it's done through like two ways. One way is just like kind of going in and like discovering all of the beliefs you have and like that um, because like your thoughts are so powerful and what you think and say and believe is so incredibly powerful and can impact your life um, and create the reality you're living. So we go in and like dig up all those beliefs and get you like thinking in a healthy way, the way like a healthy person would think. But then we also rewire the brain through doing like specific like mindset work for an hour a day. So it's like kind of, (laughs) it sounds crazy, but you're like laying there, you're visualizing, you're talking to your brain, you're talking to your like inner self, like your soul, your, um, you're visualizing like the future, like how, how you want to feel you're going and like reliving past memories. And then you're like, um, going through like a nine step process. It's hard to describe, but it's like a nine step process that you do. It takes about an hour a day and it helps to like rewire the pathways of your brain. And it's all done through the mind. So you can just like lay down on your bed for an hour a day and do this process. And then like you start to heal. And so do you still do that to this day? After you've healed, you still do that work? I don't. So I did it for about like six months and that was enough for me. I was actually like three months. I felt like I didn't need to do it anymore, but I continued just to be safe. Um, And then after six months, I was like, okay, I really don't think I need this anymore. But I wanted to make sure that I was like continuing like to keep my health up. So I didn't like slide backwards. And so now I just have my own little like ritual that I do. It's like my new healing ritual. It involves like meditation, visualization and gratitude, but I don't do any of like the brain rewiring steps anymore. However, some, unless like I find something like that I'm still struggling with. Um, so like, say like if I notice, Oh, my sleep's not great for a couple of weeks, I'll do some brain rewiring on that. Um, and like it, I'll fix it and it will go back to normal. So I do do it once in a while for things that I just like notice will come back. Okay. Let's talk about the whole idea of like digging up these beliefs we have. Um, can you talk more about what that means? What kind of beliefs? Yeah. So like limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs are like, ideas and like beliefs that are ingrained in you that you've had like your whole life that you don't even realize like weren't put there from you like someone else put them there usually they're things like you believe from childhood Mm -hmm. so things that you grew up and that you were told and then you just took them in and you believe those to be like reality and you never question them and and when they're in your own mind it's hard to like target them or like pinpoint them because you don't know that those beliefs aren't accurate or that those beliefs are hurting you. And so like what I do is just help people like pinpoint the beliefs that are holding them back and like keeping them sick and like miserable and like not living their like a life as full as they could be. Mm -hmm. Um, and like pinpointing them and then healing them. But they are beliefs that, that people have been carrying for like most of their lives and they're just aren't even aware of it. 
So can you share maybe like some of the beliefs you discovered when you were going through this process that were holding you back to give people an example? Yeah. So like some beliefs I had were like, for instance, because I was sick, one belief I had was that my, like, that my body was like broken and that it didn't work properly like other people's and that I just was a very sensitive person. And, um, all of those beliefs are like, those kept me sick. Cause I believed, Oh, my body just can't handle things as well as other people. I'm not as strong as other people. And so because of that, because I believed those things, that's what I saw in my life. Mm-hmm. I also believed things like, um, Oh, like forgive, but never forget. Like, Oh, so I'll forgive you quote unquote, but I'm never going to forget what you did. And that's not really forgiving. I was still holding on to shit. And just even things like that can, can keep your body in a state that's not going to be healthy and not promote health in the body. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because I think it's hard for people to understand how a belief like that, um, like something more emotional, like forgive, like I'll forgive, but I won't forget. How is that related to, physical manifestation like these physical symptoms like bloating and fatigue and weight gain yeah it's because I believe that everything starts emotionally and then it comes out physically and so not forgiving someone like if you're holding on to a grudge or there's like someone that you feel negative emotion around and you're not letting that go that negative emotion it's not just only impacting your mood and like having you experience a negative mood. It negatively negatively impacts your body. And it it's like dis-ease creates disease. So if you're not in a state of like peace and like joy and alignment, your body is not going to be in that space and it's just going to create illness. Yeah, 100%. You know, I'm so on board with everything. Um, but it's interesting because... I think this is a really emotionally charged subject for people because it's almost implying like, well, you're, you thought yourself into a sickness and that's hard for people to, to swallow that pill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I was sick, when I actually, I remember the day I came to that realization that like, um, I'm a big player in this. Like I'm not a victim. Mm -hmm. I, helped create this illness in me. And the day I realized that, yeah, it was a hard pill to swallow. And I was just like, whoa, like I had a hard time accepting it. I had to like ponder it for a few weeks, but then I realized like, it's true. And that's what I I teach is like radical responsibility. So taking ownership for everything in your life, including being sick, like I took ownership for it and said, like, I may have not been the, like, I may not have caused all of the reasons that I am sick, but I absolutely played a role in this. And I, I like realized like, yeah, like my thinking and my way of being up until now has not supported a healthy body. And I take responsibility for getting myself to where I am, like to getting myself to the sick point that I was at. Yeah, true. I I mean, I agree. It's, I think it's really hard because especially when you are sick, you are in that victim mentality and you want to blame everyone and everything else. Um, and it's this big cycle. So do you have people 
as you talk about what you do, like, on social media, do people ever come after you about it? Like, and say, like, and get oh, upset? Yeah, or... like, when you're saying, like, you can basically control your sickness, like, through your thoughts. That's, yeah. like, very paradigm shifting for people, especially people who are investing so much money in other methods of healing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people get upset. People absolutely get upset because because it's triggering Mm -hmm. when someone like they think that for so many years, they've been thinking this is happening to me. Mm -hmm. And like, this is this horrible thing that's happening to me. And like, poor me. And like, I get it. Like, I get that they feel sorry for themselves. I felt sorry for myself. But being in that place isn't going to help you heal. And it is like, yeah, it's triggering for people to hear. But when you finally like accept that, you played a role. That's when you can take your power back and actually like change, like change the tables and like actually start healing. Yeah. Cause when you're a victim and you're thinking this happened to you, how can you change it? You can't because you're a victim. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is the limiting belief that like this is happening to you and like you don't have yeah. control over it, you know, but speak going back to those. So let's say people are, Um, and you're helping people figure out what those limiting beliefs are and you've pinpointed them, then, then what do you do to start fixing that? So what you do, once you pinpoint a limiting belief, what you have to do is like, I call it thought shifting. So you have to basically look at that like memory or that belief or whatever it is that you're like holding on to and view it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So taking it from like the negative victim mindset that you're holding on to and shifting it to like an empowering positive memory. So finding like the positivity in that belief or um, cause usually like the belief you have is based off of something someone told you or a memory that you have typically. And so when you go in and shift that um, and like basically heal, heal it. So they're seeing it in a different way. It allows you to like stop believing that old belief mm-hmm. and start forming a new one. Can we give an example of that? Uh, so like a limiting belief, would be like, okay, for instance, so like I had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. and I, for the longest time blamed myself thinking like, uh, well, I like for the longest time thought like my eating disorder is like a huge portion of why I got sick because I hated my body so much that must have triggered like an illness in my body. And like, Part of that is true, but I could hold on to that and look at look at it in that negative way and just feel really down on myself. Or I could change it and like see it in a positive light and be like, "That's actually a gift. Mm-hmm. That was a gift." Um, although it was like hard for me to go through, and like I would never wish anyone to go through that. It actually made me a better person, and it did lead me to getting sick, but leading but me getting sick was actually a good thing too, because it led me to like the dream life that I have now. Mm -hmm. So it all happened for a reason. And so when I chose to look at it, like not, Oh, like, Oh no, that happened to me. But instead like, Oh, thank you. Like, yay, that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing the good that came out of it. Yeah. I think that where it's tricky for people is let's say they nail down that limiting belief and then they, in their heads can 
shift that thought. But then it's like to get them to actually believe it, you know, because it's one thing to be able to like say, okay, I can see it from this perspective, but I think a lot of people still don't fully believe that other perspective. Yeah. And it's because it helps to find like evidence of it in your life. And it makes, and a lot of it, sometimes it involves trust at first Mm -hmm. where you just have to lean in and trust like that everything is good at its core and that nothing is happening to you, that everything is happening for you. And at first you feel like you're lying to yourself when you're starting to believe those things. I know I did when I was starting to shift my limiting beliefs at first, it it was kind of like a fake it till you make it thing. But eventually I actually started to see like, Oh, this is true. The Mm -hmm. more I kept telling myself that that was what was true. I, the more I started to believe it. And then the more I started to see evidence of it. And like, they say like hindsight is 2020. And like, as I got further along, um, in my healing, I was able to look back and see like, Oh yeah, all of that is true. Like all of these positive ways of looking at things I now can see are true. It's just harder when you're in it. Mm-hmm. But So it's kind of just faith and trust at first until you start to see like the evidence. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to talk a little bit more about your eating disorder. Could you share kind of more about your experience with that and when that started? Yeah. So I had an eating disorder Um, I developed anorexia when I was 13 and I had that for like about a year and then I healed from it very quickly and like went on to be like a normal eater for a while. But then I ended up developing binge eating and I struggled with that for like the majority of my life. Um, I struggled with binge eating and like food addiction. Um, And then when I was 20, so when I started developing all my chronic illness symptoms, I slowly like went back into an eating disorder. I wouldn't say I went straight like back into straight up anorexia, but I definitely had some extreme like orthorexia and restriction going on for sure. Um, and then I struggled with that for a couple years, like in probably up until I was like 24, 25. Okay. So then were, did you stop binging during that time when you started restricting again or were you still binging? Um, I was restricting most of the time, but then I would have like binges here or there. And then as I was trying to like recover again and like start eating like a normal person again, then the binging started up again. And then I struggled with binging again for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I was able to heal that as well, but it was just a process. What do you think, like, where do you think that came from the binging and the food addiction? Like, where did that stem from? Do you think? Oh, so much like self-hatred. I hated myself. I literally hated myself. Um, I hated how I, not only how I looked, but I hated like all of me and I was ashamed of myself. And then I also had just like a lot of trauma throughout my life. Um, I've been through quite a few traumatic things throughout my life. And so I think, um, holding on to all of that trauma and never working through it, never releasing it. And then obviously holding on to all these negative beliefs surrounding those things, just like festered. Um, and then I felt like, you know, my life was out of control. And so then it just sort of turned into me trying to control through food. 
Um, and even that's how it is with like the binging. Like you, I felt like my life was out of control. And so then like, it just was like, Oh, food will make me feel better. And obviously it didn't. Um, but even binge eating has like a control to it because it's like you binge and then you try not to. And it's like a trying to control with a lack of control. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you talk about food addiction as well. And I think a lot of people talk about binge eating, but I think a lot of people struggle with the food addiction. Um, and how do you like differentiate the, the two? So binge eating is something that can like happen all the time or it can happen once in a while. And it's basically like when you all of a sudden get like an intense urge to overeat and then you just eat like a shit ton all at once. Um, that's like a binge. Whereas food addiction is almost like all the time. So it doesn't matter like what's going on. You're constantly thinking about food. Like you're obsessed with food. It's all you think about all the time. And that's literally what I would do. I'd wake up, go on Pinterest and like stare at food pictures for two hours. Mm hmm. That was like my life. <laughs> I think that's like a lot of people though in the health space. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. And it, and it was like, it was an unhealthy obsession. And then like I would eat and then I immediately be like, when can I eat again? It was like, all I thought about was food. And when was like, and it was like, if it, it was like, I could be hungry or not hungry and it didn't matter. I was always thinking about food. Yeah. And then I would have like addictive responses. So the second I started eating, I wouldn't be able to stop. Yeah. So what did you do to start getting out of that? So it was so much. It was definitely like a long process. It didn't happen overnight, but it was doing like a lot of the mindset work, learning how to love and accept myself as I was then. And that didn't mean I was settling and saying like, oh, I'm going to just settle and binge eat and be a food addict and like hate my body the rest of my life. But it was just instead just accepting where I was at at that moment, but and believing with all my heart that I that I could get somewhere better. Mm -hmm. And starting to love myself where I was at. And really just doing a lot of mindset work is really what helped me to get out of that. Okay, so like the all the brain rewiring stuff. Yeah, yeah, honestly, um, I feel like I always had slight like disordered thoughts around food, even after like recovery both times. And I, but I feel like when I did rewire my brain, that actually took away all of it. So like any, like, cause you know, a lot of people with past eating disorders will say, Oh, it never completely goes away. You're always going to have random little thoughts. I don't anymore. And I, stopped having those like lingering thoughts after I did the brain rewiring. So it really like, just like nipped it in the bud. Okay. How long does it usually take your clients like during the healing process, like the brain rewiring process? It takes like three to six months. I always recommend people to keep doing it for six months, no matter what, like for me, I felt good at like three, but I continued just to be safe because with the brain rewiring, consistency is very important and you want to make sure that like you really have it nailed down and that your brain has like really got it figured out, like what new messages it's sending to the body and what new pathways it's taking. So I do recommend like to, once you learn it, to keep doing it for six months. Okay. And 
Can you give examples of the different, like, things this can help people with? Yeah, so it can help with basically, like, any sort of chronic illness. Um, So, like, a lot of the people I've worked with are people who have, like, extreme food sensitivities, like I did, um, fibromyalgia, POTS syndrome, which is, like, when you have a really rapid heart rate, um, um, multiple chemical sensitivity, I've worked with someone with multiple sclerosis, so different like rheumatoid arthritis, different autoimmune diseases, also things like anxiety and depression, or if you have like panic attacks. And honestly, I I mean, I don't work with people who have eating disorders, but I do think that it would be amazing for anyone with an eating disorder to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So what's the so, so talk more about the process of like let's say someone's like, okay, I want to do this. What is that going to look like for them? So like if they did it on their own or if they did it with me. With you. So it's a three month program, and it's um, so it's three months, twelve weeks, and it involves like one video call a week. And that's if you do like one-on-one or group coaching, but it involves one video call a week. You get video modules. So you get your own like little username and password and you log in and you get different educational videos you're going to watch each week. Um, And then in those videos, you're going to be learning everything you need to learn. Mm -hmm. So you'll have like different things to fill out to help you identify limiting beliefs you have. You'll learn the nine-step process that you have to do And then once you learn that, you're going to do that every day for like an hour a day for those six months. And um, it involves like um, 24-7 text support too, because with healing, it definitely, you definitely need a lot of support because so many different questions will come up or like beliefs that will come up and you'll be like, I don't know if this is a real belief or if this is like my brain lying to me. And so having like someone there to answer questions all the time, I feel is really important. And that's what makes the program so successful is having like constant support so that you're not going to give up on yourself and like fall backwards. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also like a life, like it's a lifestyle shift. Like your life completely changes it first of all because your personality will change to a certain extent right yeah oh absolutely yeah and then also though it's like so you're spending an hour a day on this and then also like straight off the bat you have the clients make certain changes in their life yes so talk more about those Yeah. So like, for instance, some things that we start off with right away, like in the first two weeks of the program are like avoiding negative people. So basically putting yourself in like a little protective bubble of safety. And of course, that's not how I want you to live the rest of your life. But while you're healing, it's really important. So I have them like take just kind of like seclude themselves from any people that have negative energy or make them feel badly. Um, I don't, I have them like not watch scary movies. Don't watch the news. Don't read scary books because we don't want your adrenaline increasing um, because you're already stuck in like a fight or flight survival mode. And we want to remove you from that space. So we need you to feel like calm and at peace all the time. 
So really removing all negativity from your life, um, increasing positivity. So spending time every day doing things that make you really happy and smile and laugh, um, spending time with people that make you feel good. And then also like they're not allowed to like research any symptoms. They're not allowed to talk about symptoms or illness. Um, because what that does is it's just giving it more power. And like, like I said earlier, your focus and like your beliefs and the words you use are incredibly powerful. And so if you're constantly thinking and talking about and like researching your illness, you're just giving it more power and it's just going to keep getting worse. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big one for people because I think everyone who listens to this podcast is the type of person where it's like, we research everything. Yeah, I was, I was that person. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really hard. That's really hard to stop. And I think also, I look back at like, I see, okay, I see a lot of people trying to heal themselves all the time. And I'm like, okay, good for you. But also, you know, with like my gut stuff, and this is different, like not brain rewiring, but even just working with somebody to help me with my um, gut stuff and having them take the reins so I was no longer researching anything. I just did what they said and then didn't have to look anything up for myself. I got so much better results. Does that make sense? Because I was no longer... Uh, yeah, like, you know... Like, 100%. Like, and so it's like you can use that that paradigm even with... Even if you're not doing the brain rewiring, but like whenever you have a health issue, like you're better off just going to somebody who's just going to tell you what to do and just do it rather Mm -hmm. than wasting your time, like looking it up all the time, because then that's all you think about. It is. It's all you think about. And then you're confused too, because on the internet, there's so much information that contradicts each other. And it's like, what is right? And what do I even do? You don't know if you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. So it's best to just like hire someone and get like a blueprint for what you need to do. That way it's taking stress off of you. And that way, you know, you're actually doing it right. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because this also, these guidelines you give with clients also impacts their, the people in their lives as well. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So talk more about like that and have any of your clients complained about that or had people in their lives complain about that? So there definitely, (laughs) I have definitely had a couple of clients who like people in their lives have struggled with it. So, cause like, obviously if you're not talking about symptoms and you're not surrounding yourself with people or watching like negative things, you're like your family members are going to be like, Oh, well we can't watch this like scary movie now. And like, Oh, we can't, go hang out with these people now. And also like one of the rules is like avoid arguing and fighting. Cause we just don't want that negative emotion. And so a lot of times, like it's hard for family members because they're changing their life too. And sometimes it can trigger, like it's triggered fighting for some of my clients because also like their caregiver, the person who's been like helping them through their illness can't really help them anymore because they need to start doing this on their own and taking their power back. And so that can also be really difficult for family member too to feel like they're not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a, it's a very interesting um, psychological dynamic there. Yeah, you know? it is. And it goes back to the whole general idea of like when we draw boundaries and other people get very upset 
like what no matter what those boundaries are and that's like a perfect example you know I can't do x y or z and then because what happens is people start spinning in their own heads and they turn it into okay well she's not doing this anymore so is she saying I'm a bad person if I do it Yes. Yeah. They make it about them and they take it personally when it's not about them. It's about the person just trying to heal their body and just needing support. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like you're somebody who it it seems easy for you to draw boundaries. Like that is, (laughs) yeah, it never used to be. I promise you, I used to be the worst at that. It's just taken I've just practiced it over the years and yeah, now I'm really good at it. And I'm just like, no, like I do what I want. And if I don't feel good about something, I'm going to say no. And like, yeah, I have really strong boundaries now, but it definitely took me a long time to get there. What were some of the bigger boundaries that you drew that you felt like really helped you emotionally? So like just, um, there were certain people in my life that were like taking my energy from me. Um, I like certain relationships that I had that were negative and like, there were really positive parts of those relationships that I, and I really loved those people, but I knew like at the end of the day, they weren't helping me grow. They were holding me back. Mm -hmm. And so there were people like in my healing journey that there were relationships I actually had to let go of. Um, and it was sad, but, and they were, I mean, like best friends and things like that. So people I was very close with and it was very sad, but like, I look back now and I know it was necessary. So that was probably one of like the hardest, like boundaries that I had to create, but it was necessary and I do not regret it. Can we talk more about that? Like, how did you, how did you end those relationships? So, yeah, I mean, what happened is like, eventually I, what happened is like, I didn't just go to that person and say like, this relationship is over. Mm -hmm. It kind of like petered out because I kept saying like, no, like I'm not doing this or like, no, you're not going to put this negative energy on me. And like, I wasn't feeding into their negative energy anymore. So like they'd call me like having a catastrophe and I wouldn't feed into the catastrophe. You know, I would stay positive and I would do my thought shifting and I was trying to like help them, but they weren't willing to like change their mindset along with me, Mm -hmm. um, and become like the positive person that I was trying to become. And I was like, I can't be around this negative energy anymore. And so eventually they like, they saw like, I wasn't giving them what they wanted Mm -hmm. and uh, like, they started to resist it. And then it started causing like fights. And then eventually it was just like, okay, this friendship's not working anymore. So it kind of happened over time. What do you do if clients they know the relationship that needs to go, but it's somebody that they live with or like a family member that they're always seeing. Yeah. So I, (laughs) I do have a couple of clients who are kind of going through something like this right now. Um, and for them, like eventually what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to make a decision like me or them Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, like you come first, you and your needs and your happiness comes before anyone else's. And a lot of people also think that's controversial because they're like, that's selfish. And it's not selfish. It's 
it's what you need to do. Like when you put yourself first, you can help other people Mm -hmm. and you can be a better person for other people. So, um, just, yeah, being selfish and putting yourself first is necessarily what they're going to have to do is just like leave those relationships. Like, and it will be difficult because it can be like drastic life change. You Mm -hmm. know, if someone lives with you and then you're not living with them anymore, but at the end of the day, sometimes it's necessary. And the thing is, though, my clients become so self-aware when they're working with me that they see it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to convince them because they know it. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm, I'm, I just like wanted you to say that because I think people need some tough love. And it's like, I mean, people ask that question all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to say. You have to just cut them off like yeah or you have to quit your job or you have to move out like and people get themselves in these situations and it's a hard decision like well it's not a hard decision like they know but it's hard to actually do um there's no trick you just have to decide and I think also you know how you're saying people say you're you're selfish if you do that yeah Um, that is always coming from someone who either is stuck I feel like it's coming from two types of people. The first is somebody who always does everything for everyone else and and is miserable doing that and wants everybody else to be in that same misery. Or (laughs) from the person who benefits from you doing everything for them and they're the selfish one. Yes, I was hoping you were going to say that. Yes, they're like, oh, you're not going to do this thing that makes me happy anymore? How selfish of you. Yeah, I'm like, you're the selfish <laughs> bitch there. I know, it's like, no, we are all responsible for ourselves and our own happiness and our own health and no one else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, you know, you and I have also been talking about just the idea that like, we are responsible for our own feelings and like no one can make you like you are in control of your feelings. Right. And like, you're also not in control of other people's feelings. Yes. Um, which has been super like paradigm shifting for me. Every time someone gets upset, I think about like, they're in control of that. Yes. You know, like I'm not, like I'm not making them, upset like upset. they're making yeah. themselves upset yes yeah you're not doing anything to upset them they're choosing to allow your actions or your words to upset them mm-hmm. exactly. they can control how they feel at all times mm-hmm. and I think that ties also back into like the personal responsibility thing it's like every time I get upset over something I'm like I'm letting myself like I'm letting myself get upset like I'm deciding right yeah um yeah so I think that just those thoughts God, it just, like, blows my mind when you really think about it that way, you know, because I think a lot of people, it's all the blame game with each other, like, oh, you know, you made me feel this way, I feel like this because you did, no, like, I, you're only in control of your own happiness, first of all, and then you're only in control of your own feelings, and anyone else, like, that's their, that's their, those are their feelings. Yes, yeah, and oftentimes when people are getting upset, it's because, it's not, Because like that person said, it's not exactly what that person said. It's like they're interpreting it. It's like how you perceive it. And it's usually based on like beliefs that you already have about yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I think people need to sit with that. I wrote, I literally, I told, I wrote this down. Like after we had this conversation, I wrote down it. Like it says, 
everyone is responsible for their own feelings. I am <laughs> I am not responsible for anyone else's happiness. <laughs> and it's so true. Take the burden off yourself. Yeah, it's true. It's helpful. Um, I do also want to talk about some of the other symptoms that you had, like that you, you talk about on your page um, on your Instagram. Like one thing I know you talk about is your weight and how you were yeah. like overweight for your body for a bit and then you dropped the weight and like was that it's interesting because you had your your fat adapted babe like program Mm -hmm. so do you attribute the weight loss to that program or like the brain rewiring like how did you go about reaching your like a weight that felt good for your body So the original weight loss was definitely from becoming fat adapted. Absolutely. But being able to like maintain it, Mm -hmm. um, and then like create, like become, have it become like a lifestyle, not such a strict like eating style, but more of like a very like loose, like intuitive lifestyle that I was able to do that through the brain rewiring. So it was really like, the weight loss came from fat adapted babe, but then the, the like success of being able to continue it and maintain, like maintain my weight and maintain this new level of health was through the brain rewiring. And then obviously it helped me with my, my last of my lingering disordered eating thoughts. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me like completely stop the binging. And it helped me to really completely stop any sort of restricting that I had been like hanging on to once in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how would you, how do you differentiate like being fat adapted? How does someone know if they're fat adapted and how is that different than just like being ketosis? So being in ketosis, like ketosis to me or like keto to me is like a diet. It's like the keto diet where you're eating like, you know, 30, 20, 30 carbs a day, and you're only eating like these certain foods and fat adoption is more, it's like, it's intuitive. So basically what it is, is like you, your body goes into ketosis for a bit so that your body learns how to burn body fat for fuel, Mm -hmm. but then you go in and out of ketosis all the time. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I'm like, I'm out of ketosis right now, but like I might be back in like tomorrow or the next day my body goes it like floats in and out of a state of ketosis like as it pleases Mm -hmm. I don't track anything it's very intuitive Mm -hmm. um and that's like what fat adaption is it's like the ability to burn body fat for fuel but you don't have to you can go back and forth um whenever you want okay so like you still eat carbs (laughs) if you want yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah totally and that's like you you should, you know, it's important for females to have carbs. Um, and it's fun to eat carbs. <laughs> what, what symptoms do you notice with people who like are going too low carb? Yeah. So this happened to me and, um, it ha- it's happened to a lot of the women I've worked with. So like hormonals, like, so your hormones crashing, um, really bad hormonal imbalance, hair loss. I lost like over 50% of my hair when I went too low carb for too long. Um, like a feeling of not being satisfied anymore. So like you might feel good on keto for a while and then you'll be like, 
Hey, like I'm starting to feel hungry all the time again. Like I don't feel satisfied by my meals anymore. That's a really common sign. Muscle fatigue and like muscle burning, insomnia, anxiety and panic attacks, depression, low energy, all of these things. And then obviously like weight loss resistance can even come in. You might notice you're losing weight at first on keto and then all of a sudden you're not losing weight. Mm -hmm. And it's probably because you went way too low carb for too long. Yeah. I see that a lot too. People don't Mm want to. And it's mostly women. Mm -hmm. Mostly women. Men can do this and like go crazy with it and it doesn't affect them, but it's women. Yeah. I, yeah. Us women, we're hormonally special. That's for sure. I know. Um, what about the one other thing that you've talked about is that you struggled with acne? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, like, what do you think was causing that and, like, how you got out of that? Well, for the longest time, I thought it was my gut. Mm-hmm. But I honestly don't think that's what it was because like I would go through times where it would come and go, come and go. My acne like really made no sense. Um, I couldn't tell if it was hormonal or what it was from now. I honestly believe that a lot of it was like just because my body was sick. I think it was just an imbalance in my whole body. And I think it was also like negative emotions. I hated myself Mm. and it just like shows up, showed up on my skin because I really didn't, I didn't like do anything to make the acne go away. It didn't like, it wasn't like I, um, did one specific thing. Like I healed my gut and then it went away immediately or I regulated my hormones and it went away immediately. It was just kind of like, as I got happier and healthier, it just slowly started to fade. Mm Mm-hmm. I think what people might be wondering listening to this is if you think that just literally everything is from how the brain is wired. Does that mean that nothing that we eat or do can cause symptoms? Like, does this mean if if our brain is wired the way it should be, we can still be perfectly healthy if we, like, eat inflammatory foods, if we're eating vegetable oils and we're not exercising? Like, all those things, do those things not count then? No, I definitely think those things count because like, for instance, (laughs) this weekend I got glutened Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my intestines like were, I was dying for three days. Like, Oh my God. So, um, I absolutely do think that there are just certain things like that your body just doesn't tolerate. Mm -hmm. There are some things that your body may never tolerate and like things that are never going to be good for you. And then things that are going to be good for you, mm-hmm. like movement and sleep and healthy foods. Those are all things that like our bodies have like evolved to need mm-hmm. to be healthy. So yeah, there are some things that are absolutely physical, but I do believe there, the mind plays a large role in it. Mm-hmm. I think that, well, what, kind of what I feel like is, yeah, there's all these things that affect our health, but when we're looking at, like, chronic illness and things that are unexplainable, like, then you're going into the brain. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Things that are repeating and have no pattern versus, like, you know, I'm like, I I don't know. You know, if you're reacting to every single food, like, that's that's something separate than, like, okay, if every time you eat dairy, you break out, like, I mean, there are hormones in dairy that are going to make you break out, but if it's illogical, um... And there's no pattern to it. And it just seems, I mean, no one should be intolerant to 50 foods. 
Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's how you know, like, okay, if you're intolerant, like if you're listening and you're like, oh, okay, like I'm intolerant to a few foods, that's probably normal. Mm -hmm. That's probably nothing you should worry about. However, if like you are reacting to like almost everything you eat, that is not normal. Mm -hmm. Like your body is not going to reject everything that you put into it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I also wanted you to touch on briefly kind of your evolution with like movement and exercise because then you talk about this as well too um, yeah. and your routine. So can you share more about kind of your journey there? Yeah. So I actually had like a quite an exercise addiction mm-hmm. <laughs> for years, like when I was younger. Um, and then, but my body just like, I always felt like my whole life, my body didn't tolerate exercise. Like I just... I felt like when I did work out, I didn't get good results and like, I would just put on weight. Um, and then when I was healed, like when I was sick, I, for those six years, I could hardly exercise at all. Like my body would freak out anytime I did, it would actually trigger like panic attacks and like extreme pain and like extreme fatigue to the point where like, I wouldn't want to move for like a week. Um, and when I started, as I healed and got better, I started trying to incorporate exercise again. And I was going to the gym and doing like all that usual stuff that people tell you to do. And it wasn't working. Like my body still hated it and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what's going on? Like I healed, but like, this is the one thing I can't figure out. Like, why can't I get my body to tolerate exercise? And then (laughs) in a meditation, I received an answer because I was asking, like, like, please help me figure this out, universe. And I received an answer that was like, your exercise needs to be joyful. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense because I hate going to the gym. I hate it. I was just doing it because I wanted to build muscle and get stronger, mm-hmm. but I wasn't enjoying doing it. And so I, what I did was I was like, okay, I'm going to stop all of that. And I'm just going to do like exercise that doesn't look like exercise that it's just like fun. So I started going to dance classes. I started yoga and I started Pilates and those are all things that are very fun to me. And I now like exercise more than I have in like a decade my body is responding to it like amazingly and I love it and I'm having fun and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because in the realm of weight loss and like what's most effective, I just feel like it's like, I don't know what's going to make the person happy. It's not going to be effective if yeah. they don't like it. I a hundred percent agree. So I think like if you're listening and you're like, well, I enjoy lifting weights. That makes me happy. Then do it. That's Mm -hmm. going to be what's best for your body. But for me, I hated it. That made me miserable. So my body isn't going to respond to something that I'm doing like in a negative energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are like positive princess. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I want to, I want to know about, I always ask people this, but I'm always, I'm especially interested for you, like lay out a day in the life of Rachel. Cause I know you have like your little routines. And I think it's really interesting. Yeah. So I do definitely have routines. So like a day, like where I'm at home and I'm not traveling, I get up like whenever I want. So I don't set an alarm or anything. And that's something I've wanted to do my whole life. So I'm 
excited I can do that now. But like I let myself sleep as long as I need. And then um, when I get up, I the first thing I do is I just lay there for about 30 minutes and I just like set intentions for the day. I let myself wake up slowly and I think really positive thoughts. And I'll tell myself like today is going to be an amazing day. Um, like, I'm like wonderful things are going to happen. And then I'll just like, think about what I have to do that day and I'll set positive intentions for it. So say like, I have sales calls that day. I'll be like, okay, like I'm going to like have amazing sales calls today. I'm going to connect with all of these people deeply. So I just like say what I want to happen for that day. Mm -hmm. Then, um, I'll usually like get on my phone and I go, I don't look at anything like emails or anything like that, but I have, um, my personal Instagram account. I'm following like all of these like spiritual, like law of attraction people. So I'll just go on there and like read positive messages for like five minutes. And I just read like all kinds of like positive messages from like the universe. And then I'll get up and what I like to do is go for a walk. So if the weather allows it, I like to go for a walk immediately. Like before I do anything, I just get up. I don't even like brush my teeth. I just put my clothes on and like walk out the door. And it, I, I get most of my waking up while I'm on my walk outside, just getting in the sunlight. Then I'll come home and I usually make breakfast and eat. And then I'll start my work day. And then usually like sometime during the work day or in the afternoon, I'll go on another walk and, um, I'll do in the evenings. It's usually when I have my exercise. So I'll go to like a yoga or a Pilates class about like three or four times a week. And then in the evenings before bed, what I do is every single day I have like, I take like between like 40 minutes to even like two hours some nights and I will meditate I'll ask for guidance from like the universe and my spirit guides. I will, um, visualize. So like I visualize what I want for my future and like for my business and my health and my relationships. And I really like feel it like it's really happening. Mm -hmm. And so I like play make believe in my mind and then I'll do gratitude. So I don't write them down, but, um, I actually feel the gratitude. So I'll think of something I'm grateful for and I just like focus on it and like feel it in my body. Um, and I usually get like chills and I'm like smiling or like crying cause I'm so happy usually. Yeah. <laughs> and I do that every single night before I go to bed. And then that's usually how I end the evening. And of course, CBD oil. (laughs) Yeah, you and your CBD. No, I absolutely love it. And everyone, like Rachel and I bonded over our spirit guides (laughs) and (laughs) like intuitive. I told her she's for sure a healer. Um, So yeah, we're we're the woo-woo people. Um, (laughs) I love it. So one other thing, I think... If people are listening to this and very skeptical of this whole idea, or also say someone's on board with it, but someone in their family is like, what the hell? You know, like, what's happening? Do you have any suggestions of of something that people can, like, look at, read, watch to sort of understand this more that's convincing? Like, what convinced you that this could work? 
Um, so there's this documentary called Heal. Mm. You can get it on like Amazon or iTunes. That was very powerful to watch. It's showing people self-heal basically, mm-hmm. showing other people who have healed from things that are supposed to be incurable and they've like healed themselves 100%. So if you're skeptical, absolutely watch that. And then you can read anything by like Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really great. He was also, he also healed himself too. And so he um, has a really a lot of good information as well. Yeah. And you guys, it's like people like in heal, like the, people are healing themselves from things that are physical. Like you have like a traumatic brain injury and you're supposed to be unable to speak right or even like unable to move a body part and like they can change they can rewire their brains basically to be able to speak again or walk again or use their hand again yeah yeah like this guy got in a plane crash and was paralyzed like completely Mm -hmm. paralyzed he was on a ventilator he couldn't even breathe on his own and then he was able to start breathing on his own now he's like walking and like living his life just like a normal like just like he used to Mm -hmm. it's crazy it's so it's so cool and I think these whole all these ideas I just I just love these ideas Like, like and it goes back to even just and people talk about with business, for instance, how like, you know, make it happen. Whatever you want, you can make come true, right? And we think of people think of that as just this idea, but it's like actually legit. Like with business, but also with health, like with your body, like you have so much more control over your body than you even realize. Yeah. You can literally create like you can create the body you want. Like for real. Like I visualize the way I want my body to look and it becomes more and more that way, like every week. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like, yeah. And I'm not doing like crazy things to achieve it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you can literally create your reality through your thoughts and your beliefs. Definitely. Is there anyone in your life who like is a skeptic of what you're doing? I'm sure there are lots of people. (laughs) There's no one close in my life who has verbally said to me, like, I don't believe what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely have been people like I sense that energy from them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of people who when I said like that, I was going to heal myself that didn't think I could do it. And then when I said that I was going to start a business out of it, they didn't think I could do it. Um, But I, my beliefs were strong enough. And like I said, like when you believe something strong enough, you can create it. And so I was able to create it for myself. So there are always going to be people who doubt you and you just have to ignore them and like, just know that like they can think what they want, but what their thoughts are none of your business. And so I know there are lots of people who think that about me, but like, I don't care because I know the truth and that's what matters. Yeah. Um, do you think it's possible? Can people rewire their brains on their own? It is possible to do it on your own. Cause like for me, I did do it on my own, Mm -hmm. but it was very, very, very difficult. And I watch my clients and they get results faster than I did. And I'm like, I know it's because they're getting the support. And I'm like, honestly, I was like, I wish 
there was someone like me. Like, I wish I had found someone like me when I was healing because it would have made it so much easier. Mm-hmm. But I, I obviously had my journey the way I did for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for it. But yeah, it's, it is possible, but it's so much more difficult. Yeah. Um, and you have to be very disciplined. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, how has Adam has has your husband gone through your your total healing program he it's so funny he hasn't but I actually said to him the other day I was like you need to go through this yeah because he struggles with some anxiety and he he'll use like marijuana (laughs) to just like (laughs) chill himself out and I'm like I don't care that you smoke but like um you should be able to not smoke and not feel like you need to smoke. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you have some brain work that you need to work on. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And so he actually just told me just like the other week that he wants to do it. So that's funny that you asked. That's awesome. You'll have to keep me updated how he he likes it, how he goes through it. I know. I'm excited to watch. Yeah. Cause it changes your personality like in an amazing way. Um, I feel like what it does is like, I like the, like the metaphor is like, you know how like you'll see a pond and there'll be scum on top of a pond. Mm -hmm. It's just like a bunch of muck sitting on the pond. Well, that's like what, what someone is and their personality is like the water underneath the muck and the muck on top is like all of the old beliefs and like crap that you've taken on throughout your life. And so with the brain rewiring, it's like, we're scraping away all the muck and then it allows like your true your true personality, your true essence to start shining. So it's not that like where your personality changes. It's just that the real you is finally able to come out. I love that analogy. That's yeah. so that's so perfect. Find your real pond. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well, okay. Why don't you tell people um, where they can like learn more about the program and like get more from you? So you can find most of me on Instagram at the Rachel Barber and on there in my profile, I have some links up where you can go to the total healing page and you can learn all about the program. Um, and you can get on the wait list to join the next group, which will be launching. We'll be enrolling the next group in February, um, like starting mid February. So, but yeah, you can mostly find me on Instagram or on Facebook at the Rachel Barber. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you, Rachel. This was amazing. And you'll have to come back at some point. Yes. I would love to come back on. Thank you again to Rachel for coming on the podcast. I've been so excited to talk more about this brain rewiring, brain retraining. I think it's so powerful and can change so many people's lives. And I know a lot of the people listening to this podcast, many of you have struggled with chronic health issues or, I mean, chronic relationship, money, career issues that you need to work through and so much can change if you rewire your brain. So if you are interested in learning more from Rachel, just go to Instagram look up the Rachel Barber and you can find all the links to her program right there. I highly recommend her total healing program. I encourage you to check it out. You can let her know that you heard about it from me and maybe she'll give you special treatment. Maybe she'll like you more. (laughs) No, but I know Rachel seriously loves all of her clients. So definitely check out that program. This is something that you are interested in this could be the missing piece in your 
in your health journey. That's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys learned a lot. Would love to hear what you thought. Post about it in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Let me know what you thought. Let Rachel know what you thought. Interact with her. I love hearing your feedback. Share the episode on social media if you found it interesting, if you thought it was helpful. I always love when you guys share episodes on social media. It makes my day to know that I'm accompanying you on your walk or your drive or whatever. Okay, that's it for this time. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you again next episode. Bye.